I'm Joss. Hi, I'm Claudia. And this is the Let's Get Down to Business podcast. We're two cousins on opposite ends of the globe with a lot of opinions about figure skating. And we're here to deliver the news, recaps, and give our very first interview on this podcast with one of our favorite people ever. Hello, hello. Today we are here with literally, I think, the most exciting thing that we've ever done on this podcast yes. besides start it. This could <laughs> even potentially be more exciting than starting this podcast for us. Yeah, I think I would agree. We had the absolute pleasure of interviewing Mr. Camden Polkinen, who, oh my gosh, we had such an amazing time, didn't we? Yeah, we did. <laughs> it was so much fun. But if you guys don't know who Camden is, he is the 2018 US Junior National Champion, former world record holder for the highest junior men's short program score, which is dope. And he's the perennial non-black blouse royalty. That is really hard to say. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in our interview, uh, he talked a little bit about potential plans for next season. He talked about Champs Camp. Um, just a lot of skating related stuff, obviously, as we are a figure skating podcast. Uh, but at the end of our interview, we also did a rapid fire question round where we talked about Pokemon and their hypothetical skating skills, Khan Academy and philosophical questions. And you will just have to listen to figure out what the heck I mean. <laughs> 100%. But without any further ado, let's get into our interview with Camden Polkinen. Hi, welcome back to the Let's Get Down to Business podcast. We have a very special guest with us today. I'm sure he needs no introduction. But Camden, if you would like to introduce yourself, maybe tell us a little bit about your season this year. Please go ahead. You have the floor. Everyone, uh, thank you for having me on the, the Let's Get Down to Business uh, podcast. I love I love the name and the puns will will always go a long way with me. So I really Yay! um my name is Camden Polkin. I'm a Team USA figure skater. I, this past season has been a little bit of a rough one for me. And obviously I can't really complain because I had the opportunity to compete unlike some other people. So I'm really thankful for just this ultimate opportunity to have competitions and be in a training place where I can actually have access to ice. So um, this season I went to Skate America in Las Vegas and Nationals in Las Vegas and was an alternate for Worlds this year. So um, both times at nationals, I think I underperformed, but, um, I'm really treating the season like a building season and kind of trying to just move past the season. Cause I think it's difficult with all the factors concerning COVID and second year senior. So I'm just looking forward to next year and really taking this off season to, uh, train. Awesome. Sounds good. Uh, one of the things that we noted, we actually messaged you on this day, but we want to say happy belated birthday. <laughs> one. 2021. <laughs> it's a big one. Did you do anything to celebrate? I did not, sadly. I was uh, actually traveling to this place called Minot, North Dakota. Yeah, I, I traveled to North Dakota and did a show out there slash seminar, and it was very nice, and that's how I spent my 21st. <laughs> Nice. Not bad for a pandemic year. Not not bad for a pandemic year. Definitely. But yeah, speaking of the pandemic year, we know it was a challenging year for everyone. Um, but also you did mention it was a challenging season for you. But what positive or small like bright spots did you find in the skating world or even not in the skating world uh, throughout this pandemic? Yeah, I think I think this this year it's hard to even say that. Um, the skating season was normal because it wasn't. And I think that although the skating season wasn't normal, I had the opportunity to look beyond skating and kind of just look at my own personal development and look towards things that actually make me happy off the ice. Like school, I've really taken a big interest in my school and furthered my school more this, this last two semesters by taking more difficult classes and doing some other things along with that. And um, like it was, Although it was a terrible year and a lot of tragedy happened, I'm thankful for the silver lining of just getting back to myself and getting back to some lost things that I maybe lost touch with, like art and school that I would have that would have gotten jumbled in a normal skating season. So that's one thing I'm very thankful for. 
That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Okay. I really have to let you know that I was watching your TikTok the other day <laughs> and I saw you like painting an Xbox controller. <laughs> oh my gosh. Tell me about that. I really want to know about that. Yeah. So one day I was just really bored and I had an extra Xbox controller lying around. So I don't really play too much Xbox as much nowadays. Just pretty like bored of it, honestly. But anyways, like I was like, I might as well like try to make something cool out of it. Like it, it's, it's just going to sit around. So I kind of got into this weird thing of just painting all these different things. Like this thing behind me, I painted it. I don't know what it is, but I painted it. So um, I was sick. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think it's very cool. I mean, um, definitely like I started spray painting like my portable charger and then painting on top of that. Nice. So it's like finding my own ways to express myself that don't necessarily mean on the ice or a traditional way of painting like I was kind of alluding to it but I I start with like a spray paint base layer and then I go over it with a paintbrush and I paint over it and I'm sure someone's already done it but I like to think that I thought of it on my own but well you technically did technically I did but technically probably someone else thought of it first so. <laughs> um so it's been actually nice to just like find other ways to express myself myself artistically that's so nice we'll patent it on the pod okay spray right. painting yeah. and then painting it's the camden yeah. all it xbox controllers camden. painted that way are going to be the camden <laughs> look i'm impressed with anybody who has that kind of artistic talent because i can't draw to save my life the extent of my drawing ability is stick figures so anything looks awesome to me um but during the lockdown were you tempted to try out i noticed this thing is probably on TikTok as well, or just all over social media. Skaters grabbing like roller skate add-ons to their skates, like pick frames or something. Did you ever, were you ever tempted to try that on when you weren't um, able to get on the ice? Yeah, I, I obviously was really, really tempted to do that. But in my mind, I know that it's not necessarily the exact same. Yeah. And for me, I know I like to run before I can walk sometimes. So. <laughs> I ultimately was afraid of hurting myself and uh, that's why I opted not to, but definitely crossed my mind numerous, numerous times. But at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm going to like, just try to throw a triple axle or something. Cause I think I'm Superman or something and then <laughs> break my face. So I, I didn't, <laughs> did not try that out. Oh my gosh. A triple axle on roller skates. Imagine. You legit. <laughs> just like in your driveway. Oh. <laughs> Mom's there throw a triple axle next to the Honda Accord. <laughs> the thing stopping me were uh, sh freight rates. <laughs> Shipping to Australia was just not fun. And then the idea of concrete. I'm like, I would much rather throw something down on the ice rather than on concrete because that just doesn't seem nice. <laughs> Agree. That's a kneecap waiting to be, <laughs> waiting to be destroyed. <laughs> no, thank you. All right. So... I guess speaking of skating, like you do, <laughs> what have you been doing in terms of like technique, anything that you've been working on that you want to maybe improve or look different for next season? What have you been doing kind of through your building season slash quarantine? Yeah, a lot of things I've been focusing on is not necessarily just technique. I think technique is obviously of pivotal importance, but really just being intentional with my training and everything that I'm doing on the ice has a purpose because I, after this last year, I really came to the conclusion that first off, things aren't for certain. Ice is, ice time is not for certain. And every time I'm on the ice, it's honestly a blessing and it's a privilege. So every single thing I'm doing on the ice, I make sure it's with intention and it has a focus. So maybe if I'm just doing some doubles, it's working on that technique for triple and quad. If I'm doing some spins, it's to get the spins faster. So I really try to maybe not chart down my goals because I, I don't like to have like a planner on the ice and write things. But in my head, I, I take before every session and I think, okay, I'm going to work on my basics and then my spins and then do a few program run-throughs or choreo choreography run-throughs. And that's my intention. So really being intentional with training has proven to be really nice this off season. And I think as long as, long as I carry it throughout these next years of skating, it's going to prove very beneficial. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Oh, jinx. 
<laughs> I, I was going to ask, I guess, like, in terms of ice time, like, what does that look like for you now? Like, how much ice time are you getting? And, like, how much has that been affected by the pandemic? Yeah. So we've had a few instances over the past year where we've gone back into a partial lockdown where um, we would have to go somewhere else and get private ice or maybe not even skate at all. But for the most part, I've been really, really fortunate to be in a place where ice time hasn't been affected that much. I'm essentially and have been for this whole year, this whole 2021, I've been at maximum skating. So back to normal skating times and four sessions, three sessions a day, getting the maximum number of reps I want in. So luckily I'm in a place that offers that, but also just for concern, I am a little concerned just like, cause we're fairly open here in Colorado. So um, I am always a little bit concerned about that le level of openness, but I, I try my best to self-regulate and keep every we're clean and stay six feet away from six feet away from everyone and wear a mask. So I think at the end of the day, that just boils down to myself. And um, as long as I'm taking care of myself and those around me, then hopefully we can kind of keep this level of training. We love responsibility. Thank you. <laughs> we stand responsibility. Love it. Yes. <laughs> so this past season, the majority of competitions were obviously done without an audience. Uh, you've said in past interviews that you thrive off an audience and that you really like hearing them support you and all of that. Was that always the case? Like, is it something that comes naturally or was it more of a process to get to the stage where the audience becomes like an extra part of you or... Yeah, you just feed off of them. I think it's, um, so I don't think that it comes naturally. I'll say that. I think that it's, I, th I mean, okay, at least I'm speaking from personal experience because I don't know what other people feel. But for me, it never came naturally. I remember at my young ages before 16 or 15, before having any international or even limited national exposure, I remember feeling very, very stressed at competitions, like kind of like, I was a, a fish in a fishbowl while all eyes were just on me. And I think that's a, a common denominator for most skaters is that they feel that way. And I've really gotten to this point where over the last however many years of being on the international stage, I've learned to accept that the audience is gonna have criticism and the, uh, the judges are, but that's the nature of our sport. And think of it how you may, but that's what figure skating is at the end of the day. It's a judge sport and it could be your coaches. It could be your peers, your audience, your, the judges, all of them will just judge you. And it's kind of just being comfortable with that fact that will allow, that has allowed me to feed off the audience and just accept whatever criticism they have. If they hate the program, okay. But if they love the program, okay. <laughs> like it, it is what it is. You have to take the good and the bad and just run with it. And I think that that kind of mentality has proven really effective for me where now I'm, I'm definitely at a place where I'm just like, okay, this audience is there to watch me. And regardless, even if they hate the performance, hopefully they respect it enough just to like give a light clap. So <laughs> yeah, in short, it's been tough without the audience and definitely like you guys have been to events like live events, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's a whole different atmosphere yeah. where even if you're not skating great, but you're skating good, the whole audience is behind you. Or if someone skates yeah. that that performance that is a standing ovation, it's so much more effective than, let's say, the virtual competitions we had, where it's like, okay, you skated a clean program. It's it's yeah. different <laughs> right <laughs> standing up and really giving you an ovation. So, really looking forward to that next year, and hopefully that happens. That's that's what I think about that. <laughs> Oh my gosh, fingers crossed for you that that comes back. Yeah, I'm always uh, I'm always the person who, when watching skating competitions, will be the one who is yelling the loudest for people, regardless if I know them or not, or just being like, I feel like they need a whoop, so I'll give them a whoop. And I'm not like that at any other like sporting competitions, but with skating, I'm just like, yeah, let's go. And I'm like, I don't know you, but like, you're awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's something to say about the figure skating just community in general, the the audience of figure skating, I feel like we're just very, I, I generalize, but I think that the audience of figure skating as a whole is fairly respectful in comparison to other sports, even though we do have our, you know, the people we prefer, the people we don't, the audience members that maybe 
more opinionated than others, but for the most part, I feel like, and especially every time I compete in Japan, primarily, yeah. I feel like there's just an overall respect. And that's what I love about our sport is like people respect you regardless if you have a great day or if you fall short. That's just kind of something I feel is like, regardless, people are going to clap for you. It's never going to be silent at an event, even if you skate terribly, which I have done many times. Like, <laughs> no one's going to be silent. Yeah, that's the worst. Just finishing and then silence. And you're like, cool. Right. <laughs> cool. I mean, it's never going to happen because zero audience members hate you, Camden. <laughs> oh, the truth. It's true. Zero. I don't know what you're talking about with these audience members that hate you. Zero. But I did want to ask you, how did you feel about the 2D folks, the flat ones in the audience at Skate America and at Nationals? Not just folks, animals, a gecko. It, okay, I will say it, it may seem silly, but mm-hmm. it did prove better than nothing. I think even though like it, they weren't actually people and when you skated near them, you see like the 2D of them. You can see the size of them. <laughs> They're fake, but... I think that there is something to say about just having the feeling of people there because when you're skating, you're not just like staring at the audience. It's kind of like in your peripherals. You're kind of like in your zone, in your element. So like for me, when I get really into performance, I don't really think of the audience, although I know they're there. So I try my best to tap into that and really just treat them like they were real people, although they weren't because there was a standing gecko in the stands, right? So <laughs> they weren't real people, but it was it was still really, really nice to have that, I think. Oh my gosh, 100%. And maybe we could branch out into other species in our audiences. Maybe this is an untapped, uncharted area in terms of skating ticket sales. <laughs> I, I, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe we can start charging for like, a bug like a caterpillar or something <laughs> pet fee pet fee exactly <laughs> definitely so we wanted to ask uh i know that a lot of your program music has been chosen kind of like from inspiration for example like dennis 10 who we love love dennis 10 what's the, like the most important thing that you look for when you're listening to music looking for something to skate to what kind of provides that moment for you where you're like that's the one feeling that yeah so it's you know it's it's hard to say exactly what it is because I think every year it's it's it would be naive to say that a program goes through the same process of finding its connection to the skater I think that I think that it's 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 not something that happens in a in the same form every year it happens very differently like for instance for this the program I one of the songs I'm thinking of skating to this next year it's um I was actually in a coffee shop one time and I heard it and I was like this is a cool song so I looked <laughs> up on Spotify and I saw other versions so I'm like okay I could see myself skating to this and it's kind of like one of those things that's like I can I can envision myself doing it and like you take a second and you close your eyes and you're just like huh I'm like I'm feeling it. it's speaking to me it's giving me jitters it's giving me emotions and that's the big thing is like it needs to be something that you can relate emotionally to and maybe not necessarily like, that's why I, I don't really love to skate to, um, how do I say, like uh, character programs like uh, Pirates of the Caribbeans or, or something along those lines. I don't prefer those because I don't like to act like another character. I like to be myself and yeah. display emotions rather than displaying Jack Sparrow, you know? <laughs> so um, not to say there's anything wrong with that, of course, but just that's not my my specific style. So um, I try to find programs that speak to me emotionally and kind of hold emotions that I can convey to the audience. Yeah, so that totally makes sense. I mean, we've got tons of Pirates of the Caribbean out there, some that are great as well. Um, for our pod listeners, we do have our favorite Pirates uh, skater and uh, program. <laughs> Hello, Alexei Bichenko. <laughs> Uh, that free, that pirates free skate slaps every single time we tell you. Um, but so some people maybe let's say criticize that a lot of the programs that could be skated by you, are of the same note and stuff. So how, how would you go about, um, making sure that there's variation between your short and the long and between seasons as well? Yeah, well, I think, um, it's hard to say because I think each season there's a different goal, just musically like for instance for the olympic season typically 
you don't see skaters who are going outside their comfort zone because it's Olympic season. So you want to do something you know you can do well. So I think that it's really easy to fall into the kind of the pitfall of being in the comfort zone of music and staying with pieces that you can do and kind of music, musical tones that you can skate to easily. But I think that it's kind of like really up to the choreographer as well to help push the skater. And really this is where the input of your coaches and the choreographer comes into play because for us, we can always get really, really just blindsided by something that feels comfortable. And I think that this is where like, you really need to bring pieces to other people and say like, hey, what do you think about this for me? Is it too like last year? Are these short and long pieces too similar? And this is where kind of your support system comes into play. But I think at the end of the day, you need to be the one, and I'm speaking to all the skaters out there and any fans or et cetera, but I think that the skater needs to be the one to initially pick the music and bring it up to coaches and choreographers. Because if it's given to you every single year and they're like, you need to skate to this and this, then you, you, sometimes you may, but most of the time, at least for me, I feel like I won't feel like it's my own. I feel like it's someone else's idea and someone else is telling me to do this. Yeah, that's completely fair. And so I guess on the note of choreography, a few seasons ago, uh, the choreographic sequence was introduced into the code of points, replacing the sep second step sequence for men and the spiral sequence for the ladies. Have you liked this change? If so, what's your favorite bit about it? Do you not like it? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I'm, I have mixed feelings about this. I think whenever I watch ladies skating, I really love seeing a spiral for yeah. some reason. And even nowadays, like guys like Jason and not me, because I don't <laughs> want spirals, like Jason, he has a, yeah. amazing spiral. So I think that I love that the ISU is giving the flexibility to not do a spiral and do something unique and kind of personal, but also who doesn't like a good spiral? <laughs> who doesn't love <laughs> spiral Michelle Kwan style? Across True. Ugh, like, miss those days. Think, like there's something to say about having like just a spiral on a crescendo across the ice that just like goes on a big S pattern. Like I love that. But also I do like seeing skaters use this choreograph sequence to their ability and do really weird and cool and different things like a all these different jumps that the guys are doing and all these different knee slides that people are doing nowadays. So I think I, I'm mixed about it, but I do think that at the end of the day, like if you have a good spiral, you should put it in that choreograph sequence. <laughs> My gosh, for sure. For sure. So speaking of programs, can you give us any hints on what's coming up for you? <laughs> no, no hints. Hard okay. pass. Just the coffee shop. We're just going to leave it at the coffee yep. shop. Coffee shop. But it might not be the program. It's just something, it's a thought I have. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, it's just a thought. It's not the program. Coffee shop daydream. Exactly. That'll be the title. <laughs> Coffee shop lo-fi. Yeah, that's Sounds like, good. that's literally a Spotify playlist. I think I have. Yeah. Coffee <laughs> lo-fi or something. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's great. Okay. So I guess looking into next season, do you have any plans for, I guess I know you talked about kind of like being intentional with training and stuff like that, but is there anything that you like specifically want to work on? Is there anything that you are looking to incorporate into your programs or into your training? Kind of just looking into next season. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I could just be very generic and plain here and say, I want to add more quads. I want to add right. faster spins. And that's like the pretty generic answer. And that I think when anyone says that, I agree, but that's a given. You want to try and add more jumps and faster spins every year. But I think for this year, like, I'm trying to think of it more about myself and less about the programs. I want to find myself through these programs. And I want to really give my authentic self to the audience this year. So I think, like, it's more about the artistic for me this year, because I feel like this past year, I didn't really connect with my free program as well. And that's why I really, really this year just want to savor the fact that I can hopefully be in front of an audience and really just give myself and just give like my raw, true, authentic, genuine person that I am to this audience and display that through my skating. And that's really what I'm looking for this year through my programs. And I think that's what's really going to garner success because I think that like quads and spins, like it's kind of like a direct translation. It's just point A to point B. You do 
you get your left arm strong, you, you get really tight in rotation, you calm your mind and calm yourself, then you're going to do a quad. So I'd rather take, I, obviously those things are really important, but I really want to focus on this more complex, I guess, indirect way to find myself and give it to people. And that may be really confusing, but that's what I'm looking for this year. No, I completely get you. And is there something that's almost different about like going into an Olympic year or are you treating it just as just another season that just so happens to have the Olympics in it? Yeah, I think that, well, this is my first time actually competing on an Olympic season at the senior level. So I think for me, I, I would rather not be naive and say that there's no Olympics and just treat it like regular. I, I'm always a type of person that looks very, very far ahead and very short-sighted and long-sighted. So I kind of look, I try to magnify my lens from really small to all the way up. So then I'm kind of having a timeline for everywhere. So obviously I have plans and I would love to compete at the Olympics, but it's, it's something that takes incremental steps. It's not just about that nationals. It's about the Grand Prix. It's about what I did last year. It's about what I did two years ago. It's, it's about so many things. So it's naive to say that there's like, it's just another season. And I know it's Olympic season, but I'm accepting that stress. And I think that, yeah, I probably will be a little more stressed this year because there's a possibility of going to the Olympics, but I'm ready for that stress. And like, I love that stress. And that's why I skate is because I love being in stressful situations. And yeah. that, that feeling when like, that feeling when you do something against all odds and nail a program when you didn't even think you can do it, or maybe ace an exam when you thought I only studied for 20 minutes. Like those are the feelings that I crave because it's like, dang, I just proved to myself that I am way more than I thought I was. So really like I'm excited for, for this stressful season. <laughs> yeah. And do you think that your experience at the youth uh, winter Olympic games, that was more of a mouthful than I have predicted um, <laughs> has helped or was it just kind of, you know, just a great moment, but you're just really looking forward right now to senior I guess I think okay so I've talked to a lot of Olympians um and I've talked to some people that went to both youth and senior games and there's just although the youth games are very like I remember it just being such a shock and such like an amazing experience because it felt like the Olympics but there is a distinct difference from what I'm hearing is it's just like everything is magnified once you're at the senior games so I think that it'll, it, if I went to the senior games this year, I think it would help a lot that experience, but also like, I, I can even, I can only imagine the stress of media, the stress of being at an Olympics and competing, representing your country. I can only imagine that. And it's kind of one of those things that's like, I can speculate, but I really won't know until I get there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like everything that you're talking about, I work in mental health as my day job. Not that this is my night job. This is just a fun thing. But anyway, <laughs> everything that you're talking about in terms of just like expression, kind of looking at skating from like a holistic, expressive perspective is totally just kind of like on par with a lot of things that I'm hearing that people have just kind of like realized about themselves throughout the pandemic. You know, it's just kind of like looking at the big things, but also realizing like, am I bringing my authentic self to this experience? So I appreciate it from a mental health perspective. <laughs> Thank you. I think... Bottom line, mental health is the most important. And like, if I'm not in a good mental state, and even even if I was winning all these competitions and such, if I'm not in a good mental state, I'm not really winning because it's it's like your mental health is the most important thing about yourself. I mean, obviously, physical health is really important as well, but your mental health and physical health kind of work in sim in a symbiotic nature. So. It's like, I really need to take care of my mental health. So really just as I agree with what you're saying with like during the pandemic, like a lot of people have found their true and authentic self. And I think that's another really great silver lining from this last year. For sure. Oh my gosh. Put it on a poster. Mental health and physical health work in symbiosis. Camden Polkadon, 2021. <laughs> Love Love it. It. I would buy that poster. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be your first customer. <laughs> <laughs> all right so did you guys have a champs camp this season C can you tell our listeners our two listeners about <laughs> champs camp like how much does it help in preparing for the upcoming season and how much does it influence how programs evolve and all of that 
Yeah, so this last year we did not have a champs camp, sadly. Um, I think that champs camp is really important because just like any, I guess any time you're going to go out to compete, it's really important to get that feedback. And especially with new programs and a new program layout, whatever it may be, I think champs camp is the most important competition, honestly, of the season. Competition. I guess it's a mini competition, but not the most important, but it's very important because like you have all the judges there, all the officials, everyone's there just to criticize you, which although sounds like it sucks, it's actually very necessary because if you don't like your programs, Champs Camp is the time to change it because that's early enough in the season that's not too late, but also not too early that you don't get a chance to try it for yourself. So Champs Camp, I really was sad that didn't happen last year, but I'm excited for this year because with these two new programs, I really am looking forward for that feedback and just to like kind of, it's also fun to just be a part of like Team USA and like have all your friends with you there. And although there probably will be limitations this year with Champs Camp as we're still in the pandemic, um, it's always really nice to see everyone, even if there's masks around, doesn't matter. It's like, it's nice to be in that atmosphere of, like kind of like a team in such an isolated sport champs camp is like really the opportunity to just feel like a team and really be proud to represent our country yeah that 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 definitely sounds awesome especially seeing so many people that you probably haven't seen for quite some time as well so that's really exciting when does it normally get held yeah end end of august is usually when it happens that's going to fly past. I was like, oh, April, it's so far away. And then I realized I still think we're in March last year. So <laughs> we're all stuck in March of last year still. All right. Sounds good. Well, we are, we have some rapid fire questions for you. So, so these are kind of like fun random questions. I got to prepare myself. Ready, ready to think quick. <laughs> That's okay. Like it's rapid fire. We haven't defined how, you know, how quick that is. So take your time if you want. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. We're going to start off. I'll with start a... off. Okay. Yeah, you start. A, a relatively <laughs> easy one, right? So what skating music warhorse do you secretly want to skate to? Wow. I'm really doing great with this rapid fire. <laughs> um, Romeo and Juliet, for sure. Are you sure it's not Pirates of the Caribbean? <laughs> Also, Exogenous Symphony from Muse is also a skating warhorse nowadays, and I think that's a really good one as well that I'm thinking of now. That's beautiful. That's legit. Okay. So Jack Sparrow short program, Exogenesis long program. I got you. I mean, it would provide that contrast, right? The range. (laughs) We did talk about the contrast. Yeah. (laughs) Romeo and Juliet, solid though. Yeah, very solid. Okay. The next one is a little bit more out there. What Pokemon do you think would be the best at? And I have a few of these, okay. <laughs> what Pokemon do you think would be the best at spins? Ooh. Okay, I don't know how Pokemon in depth you guys are, but I'm very... Extremely. <laughs> yes. okay, Extremely. Good. I think Hitmontop. Oh my gosh, yeah. Ooh, Deal. fair. That is, yeah. That's the one. Also, maybe a ball toy. Oh, Ooh. ball toy would be good too. Ball toy, yeah. Or Ditto, because then he could be both. Or she. Oh, that, that's, that's very, very true. 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 Very I, true. I'm just trying to imagine Ditto doing spins right now. <laughs> Plus fives. He can transform into anything though. So truth. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. What Pokemon would be the best at jumps? Blaziken. Oh, all right. What do you think? I can vibe with that. <laughs> I don't know. Are you doubting our guest, Claudia? That's no, weird. no, as in like, what do, what do I think? What would I pick? And I don't know. I'm not doubting Camden at all. No, it's good. All right. It's a good what answer. What do you think, Jocelyn? Oh, now you're putting me on the spot. Like an Entei, maybe? Oh, Entei would be cool. Yeah. Any of those kind of like dog legendary Pokemon in that range? Yeah, yeah. They could all jump high, I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, what Pokemon would be the best at the step sequence slash choreo? Oh, man. I don't know. Okay. The new, there's a new Pokemon, Scorbunny. That's what it's called, Scorbunny. It's like really fiery. It's got like really quick feet. It's like, oh my God, nice. has fire. So I think that would be the one. I'm very familiar with Scorbunny. <laughs> no, those are great. That's great. Okay. If you could claim one program from any skater ever as your own, which program would it be and why? 
Oh man. <laughs> okay. Wow, you give me a lot. Um, okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't know what year she skated to this, but I will say Yuna Kim's or Kimina, Kimina's program of what was it? It was James Bond. Excellent. That is that was fire. That was so good. That was like okay. I I never. I always used to only watch like men's skating growing up because I used to think that oh I can relate to them and stuff and oh women's skating is boring but that program brought me into ladies skating and I was like that is ice skating right there so I pick yeah that one excellent choice that is a very good choice 10 out of 10 along with all three Pokemon choices also 10 out of 10 oh Oh, yeah (laughs) fantastic um what was your most memorable skate slash like skate at an event junior or senior whatever yeah I think my most memorable my most memorable was skate Canada 2019 the short program because obviously like I was really stressed for that comp because it was my first senior grand prix and I think that adds a whole dimension of just general stress and um you know I got on I watched the practices and I got on my practice and no one was like making mistakes everyone was really good at like skating and I'm like okay this is like to be at a grand prix you're not at like a junior grand prix where there's like 37 skaters <laughs> okay yeah. you're at a grand prix with the 12 12 of the best skaters in the world so I remember for the short um Han you skated after me and for the long he skated after me actually but I remember starting my performance and then as soon as I started I like kind of like looked over in that direction and then he was just like standing there watching me and I was like <laughs> oh god Olympic champ is staring at me so I was like really stressed but I it's like like I said earlier it's those moments that where you feel like you can't do it or you're doubting yourself and then you you have that um, deep knowledge and that training behind you to really just prove to yourself that everything you thought in your head that you can't do it it's all garbage it doesn't doesn't matter because you did it so yeah really like that performance um that would definitely be the most uh, and I scored I was placed in second behind him and I got my personal best score. So I was, I was just, it was just like a really great, great event there. And I just, I loved that one. You in the kiss and cry was amazing. <laughs> I, that so good. So, so, so good. I, I, it's like, I didn't know how high I could score. I didn't know how they replaced me. Cause you know, first yeah. year senior, you know, they may, they have every right to say, okay, first year senior, let's put him in like fifth or fourth or something. But they put me ahead of a lot of like experienced people. So I was like, I was like freaking out. And then user just going, yeah, your triple axle's pretty dope and complimenting you like that. That must've been like insane. Yeah, I definitely, I fanboyed a bit, but um, <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I think it'd be, it'd be a lie to say that no one really like fanboys over him a little bit or at least has a level of respect for him he's yeah. done so much in his career so just like even just being in the press conference with him is an honor and even competing against him is an honor and like I'm thankful for the opportunities I have and I get yeah for sure that was definitely like one of my highlights of your career I loved watching you skate to that I was like screaming watching it live not in the audience but like virtually um okay next quick fire question because these are very quick fire at the moment um choose real real fast (laughs) real fast um choose a skater to skate ice dance or pairs with you Mm. okay um meryl davis Ooh, well that's good why is that good choice but why i don't know she's just is so gentle and so sweet that like you know, it's like, I, when I think about like partner skating, dancer pairs, I think it's a lot more about, not more, but it a lot is, a, it's a, it's about the person. It's about your connection mm-hmm. with the person as well. And I think that she couldn't hurt a fly. And that's, I think that's really admirable that she has that really just generous and friendly nature to herself. And she's very soft and caring. And I would, I would love to skate with her, love to do dance with her. That's an awesome, awesome answer. Uh, yeah, Meryl Davis would totally be high up on my list for for a dance, for sure. And also, I love her dog. 
Oh, who doesn't? Sheep, sheep, doodle, Bilbo. Yeah. Who doesn't? Maybe. Have you ever met her dog? I have not, sadly. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. It's on my to-do list, though. It's on your to-do list. Mine, too. Mine, too. <laughs> okay, next question. Uh, where have you not traveled to yet that you are really raring to go to? Australia, right there. Yes, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I've been there. I, I want to go sometime, maybe for four continents. 2023. We'll be there. <laughs> you better make it, Camden. We're counting on you. I, I forced her to come over as well, so. <laughs> yep. So we'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll make it. And while I'm competing the program that will hopefully make me go to four continents that year, I'll be thinking of you guys. Awesome. Coffee shop daydreams. Exactly. Uh, coffee shop daydreams. All those. <laughs> uh, yeah, coffee shop daydreams. That's what it is. Yeah. That's Any cool. other places that isn't the cop out that is Australia? <laughs> um, I haven't really been to South America. Okay. I've never been beyond that. I've always wanted to go to like Brazil or Argentina. I think that those are really cool places. I also believe Peru has some really nice mountains there and I've always just wanted to go to South America and see what it's like. It look, I haven't been myself, but it looks amazing. So I completely get you. All right. Next question. Do you have a plushy tissue holder? If so, what is it? If not, then get on it. <laughs> but what plushy tissue holder are you going to manifest for yourself? I do not have a plushy tissue holder. I am actually the worst with bringing tissues. <laughs> I always forget. So like... I feel like if I had a plushy tissue holder, I would forget that as well. I'm like, <laughs> I'm usually like really just like, like organized. I'm like, I need my water, guards, towel, gloves, whatever. I'm like ready for the rink, but I never bring tissues. I always forget them and I have to borrow other people's. So I can't really manifest one, but I think it'd be cool to like, I mean, obviously like I'd like to have like a little Pikachu tissue holder. That'd be pretty cool. But yeah. I think like, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but maybe like, a tissue holder with like like fidget things on on it you know you ever seen like the yeah cube? yeah so that's like you go to the boards and you're like stressed and you grab a tissue wipe your nose and then you're like fidgeting with like a little clicker or something Ooh, like, oh nice so patent it patent it that's I know, it thing we need to patent. <laughs> you have so many business ventures right now yeah exactly <laughs> so many we're big fans of those uh the fidget toys but yeah, I, I was the complete opposite when I was skating. I would remember everything except my water bottle, which was oh. like, maybe that's something that it should be an essential list, Claudia, just water for hydration, but I always forgot it. <laughs> Basic needs, water and fidget toys. Yes. yes. There that's we have good. it. All right, next question. What's the weirdest thing that you've either been thrown after a performance or program, or what's the weirdest thing that you've seen? Oh, man trying to think <laughs> I've gotten a bunch of um I wouldn't really say weird but I will say they're just really unique I really like how like sometimes people throw stuffies with with like your costume on it yeah. I've gotten a few oh, yeah. those. I I can't really think of any like weird things I've gotten but those are definitely unique and those are ones that like I really appreciate because it's like wow you went through that time and effort to recreate my costume and that's like it's just it's it's really sweet and I I really do enjoy those ones um those ones like those ones always make my heart happy so can't I really can't think of any weird ones but that's probably a really nice one for sure those are always so cute and I'm like yeah you did put in so much effort and this is amazing yeah and I like barely know how to like knit or anything or you can paint <laughs> I know but I you should see me so I don't know how to do it. I'm really bad at it. <laughs> I guess segueing though. Oh, sorry to cut you off. Did you want to include something? No, I was going to say I'm so bad. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Joss is just like, oh God. And I'm just like, respect for that point. <laughs> Claudia gets me. Uh, it's true. It's true. The bad pun to make other people cringe. That's an activity that I really enjoy. Um, but speaking of stuff you're good or not good at, we know that you have gotten into cooking during lockdown. So what's the favorite meal that you've learned to cook? My favorite meal I've learned to cook is avocado toast. And it's not really cooking, <laughs> yes. but I will say it's a lot of like prep. It's prep. It's prep. And 
if like like for me i don't just make avocado and toast i like go all out like i either put on like a nice pumpernickel uh bread and then i put pumpernickel avocado on top and then i put lime juice and salt and then i cook an egg put an egg on top put arugula spinach and a little bit of Mm. spicy mayonnaise oh my god spicy thank you spicy oh that sounds amazing that's that's the way to go so if um you ever want to try something i guess i'm going to safeway after this you should. that sounds great i'm throwing i'm gonna throw joss under the bus but spicy mayonnaise is a condiment so she doesn't like condiments but i don't like condiments i'll take all of your spicy mayonnaise i know she doesn't what? like condiments and i'm just like condiments everything exactly i'm like oh i'll take it all like how do you not like it i'm, I'm cons- sorry <laughs> I think that okay no this is my this is my excuse I think that food when cooked in their rawest and purest form if you prepare them well they can be very tasty Mm. true but they can be tastier with condiments (laughs) maybe I'll be a convert a condiment convert yeah you'll have to you'll have to try it Okay. You'll have to try Camden's patented avocado toast. Yeah, another thing we're going to patent right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there it is. There it is. You can have a whole merch line. Fidget exactly. toy, uh, tissue box holders, and avocado toast. Really just like sporadic there with avocado toast <laughs> thrown in there, huh? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm a big fan of avocado toast, though. There's so much you can do with it. Yeah, and it's it's really healthy, actually, like... <laughs> Balanced macros. Avocado, and if you throw mm-hmm. an egg on it, it's protein right there, carbs, it's high in, like really good. We love that. All right, Joss, last question. Okay, last question, last question. <laughs> uh, throughout the pandemic, do you have any current new media obsessions, books, movies, TV? What you doing? Okay, I don't really have any right now. I'm actually not much of a big like media person. <laughs> um, like, watching tv and such but um a really good tv show that i watched recently was wandavision i'm sure a lot of people have seen it but the first few episodes for me maybe it's because i'm 21 and i was born in 2000 but i couldn't get past the first few episodes i was like this is terrible i don't understand any of the references (laughs) difficult but then i like forced myself through to the fourth and third episode and oh my gosh like that series is so good i think that it's just like it's so unique like their concept of the show and their concept of just like the storyline was really weird and cool and I loved it I wish that they can like do a season two or something for sure I mean it's Marvel so they're most likely going to but I mean if you're not really much of a huge like tv movie media person any video games or even if it's not like new media obsession just like I don't know uh some obsession (laughs) yeah what have you been doing with your what do you obsess over (laughs) what do you obsess over um i'm kind of like a workaholic i like so i really just i like to just sit at my desk and like crunch numbers like i i have a weird like speak my language (laughs) i just have a weird like knack for like looking for numbers and sometimes i literally this is gonna sound really nerdy and really just probably gross but i sometimes just go in like khan academy and look at like differential equations or something and just like sit there and just like have it playing and I'm just like huh that's pretty cool and then like after that then I'm like I have to go for a run and get my head out of like (laughs) (laughs) my mother is never watching this interview I'm not sending it to her she's gonna have very high expectations for me including watching Khan Academy in my spare time (laughs) like okay it's not even just like Khan Academy math equations like that that's part of it, but also just like, there's a lot of great YouTube videos that ask a lot of existential questions. So it's kind of like, what, like, what is the meaning of, like, I, I always like to look at things like, what is the meaning of life? Like, are humans inherently good or bad? Like, what is our purpose? Do we have a destined path or is it, uh, or do we create it for ourselves? Philosophy. Philosophy. Yes, exactly. Like, I think that question about what it means to be human is like, it's probably the, the, the best question, the best rhetorical question for anyone to ask themselves. And I think you ask a hundred people, you'll get a hundred different answers. So I think like there's a lot to be said about yourself when answering that question. So I literally just sit and I ask philosophical questions. It sounds really terrible. I'm sorry. Guys. No, it doesn't. You are in good company. I'm just like, yep. <laughs> 
I mean, we have many facets. We have fidget toys, Pokemon, philosophical questions, Khan Academy. But the thing is, those philosophical debates that you have with like friends and stuff, those are the ones that often last until like 2 a.m. and you're just sitting on your couch. You're not like, no substances are in you apart from water and like Uber Eats food. And you're just sitting there debating stuff. And then you realize, oh, it's 2 a.m. But like, I don't know. It's just so satisfying. That's my yeah, nerds I, screaming I, out. I think it's, I think also like it just another thing that I said earlier that I think needs to be emphasized is that it really shows like people's true thoughts and their character. And I think it's like a great icebreaker in any type of like sure. relationship is like, like asking all these questions, like, Hey, what does it mean to live? And I think like, they may be like, what? You're weird. Why are you asking me this? But like, <laughs> Also, like, if they, if they, like, respond and they're like, oh, well, I think it means this and this, but then maybe this and this, then it's like, okay, they have a level of deep thought that I want to be friends with you. Yeah. And then, like, growing through that, going, oh, you make a good point. That kind of influences me too. So that's always fascinating. We love that philosophical obsession. And existentialism. Yep. Existential, existential rhetorical questions. Say that five times fast. <laughs> <laughs> Too many big words for. I tried five times. <laughs> <laughs> Too many big words for six thirty at night. Oh my gosh! All right, I think that is the end of our rapid fire question list, and also maybe the end of our interview. Yeah. So I guess last question is there anything yeah that you want to say to wrap up is there anything that you're doing this summer anything like on plans shows or anything nothing for now I'm just really taking the time to enjoy this off season and really get a good break before this stressful season ahead so um sure yeah thank you guys for this call I really appreciated being with you guys and uh I'm wishing you the best and next time we're all together we'll have to debate philosophical questions with each other over avocado toast yeah (laughs) for sure thank you so much for taking the time out to talk with us we had so much fun we hope we can do it again yeah me too thank Thank you. you guys so that is it for our interview with camden Obviously, like we said at the beginning, no need for introduction. (laughs) Um, But honestly, it was an absolutely amazing experience. Thank you so much, Camden, for coming on the podcast. Uh, We will also put all of his social media down in our show notes as well. If you're not already following him, which P.S. you should be. And if you're not, you will definitely want to after this. Yes. All right. So I'm Claudia and come chat with us at Let's Get Down Pod. That is L-U-T-Z Get Down Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to work with us, shoot us an email at letsgetdownpod at gmail.com. If you like this podcast and well, if you also like Camden Pokemon, please leave us a review and give us some five star love. We would really appreciate it. Thank you all so much for listening. Bye.